Hey, hey, hey. hey, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of Top of the Table. Brian Bentley along with Mark Villa, Chris Ballard, and Hank Alexander. Hank, nice jersey. Hey, you too. Thanks if you uh, watched the show or heard or cared or want to hear the story. Uh, swap of the Table ended last night, our two-week jersey swapping uh, Twitter social experiment. Uh, and Hank and I made a swap on the show last week and sent the jerseys back and forth. Hank, as my, uh, Hank received an AC Milan kit. I received a 2008... Uh, 100th anniversary FC Anderlecht jersey, so very nice. Yep. Yep, I'm very, very thrilled because, you know, all my Italian relatives, all, all two of them, are all Inter fans. Very nice. So I'm, I can rub this in their faces. Um, and uh, we've got Chris's board, which says it's the Hallward Registry. It's the uh, Nigel Pearson <laughs> Appreciation Society membership, uh, Lords of Acid CD. Elocution lessons, which she will probably take as electrocution lessons. And for Parker, he gets earplugs. I, I won't get electrocuted. I don't, who would I want to electrocute? And tomorrow's Parker's birthday, so he might want to be electrocuted. <laughs> Happy birthday, uh, Parker. There's a chance Sarah might be joining us here uh, at some point during the show. As her iPhone was dumped into a glass of water last night by the aforementioned birthday boy. <laughs> So she is at Verizon <laughs> trying to get that fixed. Oh, uh, let's uh, real, great. real quick catch up on everything that we done the first four times the broadcast didn't work. Uh, for uh, Fabrice Mwamba, clinically Yay. dead for seventy-eight minutes, is now up and walking and out of bed. Walking, he is. When the I heard that story dead. this morning, I've never been so pleased to hear about a guy getting exactly. out of bed. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah, kidding. He is great. the Walking Dead. Thank you, Fabrice, for. Uh, uh, Making that show Thierry real, Henry, take- and the and the fact that his first words were "Did we lose?" Thierry Henry flying to visit him for an hour and then coming back. Classic. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty sweet. I mean, I know we we spoke in a couple of weeks ago about Henry's attitude with the press, but with players and with fans, he's always been pretty great. Uh, his his armband yesterday had Miranda's yes. name on it as well. I, don't it, know. I saw that. that I actually liked that touch a lot. I I was very. It's a very touching story that he flew all the way over there. But, you know, when you say that he's great with other players, I mean, do you really think he was that sympathetic with, say, Robbie Keane after he handled the ball in uh, Irish-France thing a year and a half ago and scored the winning goal? He was probably very apologetic about it after. Yeah. After. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. no, I, need, I don't want to take anything away from, from Terry Henry, but um, – I, I, and Fabrice Mwamba is a, a fantastic story, and it's a it's a true success story. But he's he should be the focus, not right. And, well, and also no. a classy move. And, and Chris, you saw this when you were at the game. The, the Red Bulls came out wearing Mwamba uh, t-shirts for the pregame introduction. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think a lot of that is probably coming from Henri because Mwamba was at Arsenal when Henri was still there. So yeah, yep. They had a relationship prior to Mwamba getting to Bolton. Wait. They had a relationship. Yeah, somebody has I'm sorry. I, I knew somebody would plan those steps. Thank you for <laughs> but satisfying. Still that. classy moves. Um, Sarah is not here to have another uh, post face off as her sporting KC and my FC Dallas tied 1 to 1 last night. Um, but. Uh, no, they didn't. To, excuse me. Did you not watch the end I of the did, game? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. 2 to 1. Damn you, Kai Kamara. <laughs> So like a Revolution fan watching the first half of the final two years in a row. Yeah, I tried. What do you mean? Um, 
FC Dallas falling at KC two to one. Uh, Kai Kamara with a late eighty uh, eighth minute, eighty ninth minute goal. Um, Kai Kamara, he was. I thought Kansas City deserved to win that game. They were in uh, in the FC Dallas end a lot. They were very aggressive. Um, Kamara had a lot of shots. Some some were on frame. Some were up in the second deck. But uh, Harvey made a good save for the penalty yes. as well, didn't he? That, I always want to call that guy Cartman. I don't know if it's just me. Screw you guys. I'm going home. That was a <laughs> did, did the cow show up? No, no cow. But that was a dead-on impression, Chris. Good job. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of hosts facing off, we had uh, Portland and uh, Revolution this weekend. Yeah. Chris, Chris actually yeah. made the trip for that game, too. Chris yeah, so I, was there last, I was at their last year, too, um, when they got their first point in MLS. But um, this time wasn't so good. If you got there late, you'd have missed the goal and probably the best moment of the game because... I don't think either team were especially great. I don't know if Hank agrees with me or not. But well, I mean, I, I uh, outstanding, no, but but great. I saw some really good play from a couple of new players to the Revolution, which was exciting. Lee uh, Wynn was good, actually. I'll give Lee Wynn was really I thought he was really good. And he took Fernand, he took quite he, a shot though, didn't he? No, that was uh, he that took was a little Olsen. shot. I think that I think Kevin Olsen got hit in the face. When okay. did do a new did take a take a shot early on in the game, um, and because uh, somebody tweeted out said they better not have broken our new toy, um, but uh, yeah, Kevin Olson took a hell of a shot in the face. But also uh, towards the end of the game, we had Fernando Cardenas coming in on there, and he and Lee Wynn together were working that ball and created a couple of chances late in the game, which I thought was yeah very exciting. But the best part about the whole game really was the fact that uh, we won. Can you even remember what that's like? I mean, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. So. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't think – I thought a draw would have been a fair result, but Boyd should have scored a couple of goals, really. And Actually, you mentioned Austin getting hit in the face. So did uh, Mosquera. That's right. For, uh, yep. for, <laughs> yeah. And it as wasn't he was, a shadow of his as he was kicking, uh, and he he had to get carted off to the hospital actually. So we all, we're all thinking about him. But at the same time, while he was kicking his legs on the ground screaming, he he actually kicked Ryan Guy in the head at the same time. So it was yeah, kind of a bad situation all around. But you know how it is. Uh, mascara with a slight concussion is the news there. They carted him off, and apparently took him straight to the hospital. So. Um, but but Chris was actually up in the press box when I was down in the fort with my family, and uh, waving those brand new New England flags. I quite like those actually. I I thought it'd be a bit lame. I mean, it could never be as lame as the uh, the band they have playing before, during, and after the game. I see Hank kind of close his eyes in, in acknowledgement. That's awful. But it's uh, it was different shall we say i mean the the thing about it was is they had a, a contest to to uh kind of vote popular vote as to what was going to be the new goal celebration song because they happen so frequently right we need to have yeah this yeah um but we had uh so they had this online contest and one of the what, was entrants, it one in a million you <laughs> no but this uh this local girl who's a blaze uh, of glory 
local girl who's a fan of the team is also a musician. She's a punk rocker, right? So she has her own punk band, and she wrote this song for the revolution. And uh, a couple years ago, she sang it, and she recorded it, whatever. This year, they said, okay, we're, we're not going to... Um, we're going to do you one better. We're not going to make you the goal celebration song. We're going to give you the uh, victory song. So if we win the whole game, you get to sing your song. So ever, so everybody this, wins is what it sounds like. Everybody wins. So yeah, he's not going to hear it very often. Right. Uh, right. So we'll only hear it like five times. Hank, I did get a text during the game that you were on TV quite a bit in the fort. But that's it was, because that's what happens when you're in the It was also fort. quoted in the chat room that you and your family were one-third of the fort, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was yeah, a typically uh, enormous Gillette Stadium crowd, it has to be said. Yeah, 12,000. Actually, you know, for a home opener, that's probably a record. Well, given that you had the world's best female player playing just beforehand, it's not very good. Because Brazil played Canada, didn't they? Yeah, but who's going to come down for that? I mean, who's going to come down for the revolution? Let's face it. <laughs> well, if it, listen, if it had been Brazil's men's national team, there would, there would have been 70,000 people there. If it's the, it's the women's And they all would have gone home afterwards just to avoid exactly, watching the revolution. <laughs> exactly. So, it's, you know, the fact that they were able to get, you know, 5,000 Brazilians to come see Brazil's national team. Why were they playing in Gillette anyway? That's just weird, isn't it? Brazil versus but don't Canada. don't say that about the revolution, too. Well, well, yeah. They playing, yeah. Well, they playing at all? Why, why were they playing at all? <laughs> uh, no, I don't understand why they had that draw there. It was just kind of strange. But maybe uh, they were just trying something different in in desperation, trying to get some more people through the gate. Did the crafts advertise that game more than the revolution game? That's what I'm curious no. about. No, okay. I think it was just a. They probably had a friendly scheduled somewhere, and they decided that they couldn't. Make it all the way to Canada. That's my my guess. Well, who would want to? Who would want to? Send your cards and complaints to at SC underscore Beaner Lights. Um, so, Chris, tell us about your uh, your second game of your doubleheader as Hank takes another drink. Mark, Mark is in a little Mark's in a yeah. little pain. So, how is he? Yes, uh, he's looking at my pasty white skin. Oh. Apparently, there have been comments in the chat room. I, I'm I'm a Bloody white boy from the southwest of England. We don't get sun more than three days a year. Come on. Yeah, but you're actually you're actually backlit, so you're blending into the wall yeah. behind you. Yeah, it's like, and I'm I'm wearing a light shirt as well. It's like headphones and a pair of glasses just kind of floating under a chalkboard. Yeah. If I take the glasses off, I look like an egg. So yeah, I went to the uh, the New York Colorado game yesterday. New York won four one, um, which is great for them, except Colorado had their central midfield missing because Mastroeni was injured. I think he had a concussion. Did Molin attack anybody? And Lorenzo Witz had been sent off in the previous game. So it looks good for them, but you just know with the Red Bulls, they're going to screw it up again in the next game. The next game is actually against Montreal next Saturday. Um, the goal that Colorado scored came from the now obligatory um, Rafa Marquez screw-up. He got caught in midfield and Cummings loved the goalkeeper. Right, it, it, that was a nice pass from Marquez. You should have gotten an assist on that one. Uh, well, he did get tackled, actually. The guy who tackled him did did kind of make the last connection. But still, you just he's got the turning circle of an oil tanker these days. You just know, as soon as he turns around, he's going to lose it. If we can just keep forward, he's going to be okay. Um, 
other than that, he actually had a good game. I blame myself for their goal because I just tweeted, oh, Marquez is having a good game yeah. with a typical commentator's eye. Um, but uh, actually, I was just going to mention Spike Lee was there yesterday. I don't know if he came on the broadcast. I'm sure he was. But you know that a New York team has made it when Spike Lee shows up. Because he's all the Knicks right. game. Because he's a, fr- a, a, a frontrunner? I don't know he's if it's a, Spike he's Lee. A, I have no idea who he is. He's a glory hound? Oh, is did he do the right thing? Was that he did that, do the right thing? Ah, right, okay. Yeah, that's that's my spikely reference. Take it home and do what you will with it. He's very small. I walked into him actually. He's very small. He's um, tiny. Yeah, but after he the game, the right I don't know. I had to say. Ah, after the game, he spoke to Thierry Henry and he took off his coat and he had a an Arsenal shirt, circa I guess two thousand two, two thousand one with the O two logo right. on it, and that's he got Henry to sign it. So that was kind of cool. So. Apparently, he has some connection to Arsenal, or he's been an Arsenal fan for a while, or he happens to have a friend with an old Arsenal shirt lying around to me. Or maybe he was on swap of the table. Actually, he's a pretty devout Arsenal fan. Right. It's his kids' teams, too, in, in uh, New York. Yeah, actually, at halftime, Henry came off and threw his shirt just from the first half to Spike Lee's kid. Well, I guess it was his kid. I mean, you know, it could have been just Who knows? child he pulled off the street, but I think it's probably his kid. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty entertaining game. Um, Cooper was credited with two goals, even though the fourth goal was clearly an end yes. goal. Um, I said it at the time, but apparently, New York Revolution, oh, New York Revolution, New York Red Bulls, as well as um, making taking some liberties with the attendance figures, they like to credit goals to whom they feel like it. Their attendance yesterday was allegedly about twenty one thousand, but we know what the Red Bulls say about their attendances every every week. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Was it didn't look like it was a little more than half full there? I mean, I would have guessed it was about sixteen, seventeen thousand. Um, I don't know how they count it. I don't know if they include all of the season tickets that they've sold and then add one sold in a day. I spoke to somebody, uh, Christian Dyer, who works for the Metro, I think, and he said that he saw the turnstile count of fifteen thousand, which I think is probably closer to the real number. Um, but I think. That doesn't look quite as bad as when they declare a sellout and you can see hundreds of empty seats in every block. That just looks right. pathetic. Um, and I don't know why. I'm sure clubs have accountants to keep happy and they want MLS to be happy with them. Ooh, it's a sellout. And then you can see lots of empty blue seats. It just looks kind of depressing and rather pathetic that they would try and claim that. Right. Well, well it's, yeah. it's, it's come to my attention that Chivas will... Uh, not be having a nationally broadcast game again for quite some time. Oh, because that makes sense because there are seventeen people in the in the stand. Well, because they have the entire north stands tarped, the upper east stands tarped, and they still can't sell out three quarters of the stadium. They can't even fill half the stadium. Uh, basically, no one. I mean, I've got friends in production who work in the trucks who do that kind of stuff, and it's. No one will say that the league has said until you get your attendance up, you're not doing a national broadcast. But that's basically what's happened. That's basically what's happened, and yeah. the networks don't want to carry them. Well, it doesn't have a rubbish team as well. I mean, I know they had, a, they had a I mean, really good result this weekend, but they're not a good side. But you know, it's it's just it's sad. I mean, I I pick on them because they're Chivas and they're the renters and they don't they share their own stadium. Blah 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 blah. But 
when you ha- when you literally the stadium and you still can't even fill one section of the other three, yeah. there's a big problem. You've got to think that they're going to move, though. I don't know if I heard some rumors that they were going to be changing the name um, to include the city of LA in there somewhere. Um, I think they, you know, named it Chivas to try and go on the coattails of Chivas Guadalajara, but that clearly hasn't worked. Oh god, it's Mark Villa's yeah. daughter Cam. You point that over the road quite a lot, don't you? Are they oh, like sorry? twins? That... You point that camera over the road a lot, don't you? I can tell. Oh well, no, someone asked if I was in the bathroom. Yeah. It's not a oh, I thought there were there were twins living over the road. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, Galaxy, Galaxy, we're off this weekend, so Mark doesn't have a whole heck of a thank, lot to talk about. Nope. Thank God. Um, I am going. Did we talk about Kai Kamara in this version of the recording? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just getting confused. Let's talk about Colin Clark and what a douchebag uh, he is. Oh my God! I was going to segue into that a little easier. Yeah, I but got. I've got. There's no nothing th- easy about it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just. So unbelievable that, granted, you know, it's one thing, you know, in the locker let's, room. Let's and keep, I've, it, I've, let's I'm keep gonna, it clean here. I'm going to keep it very clean. It's one thing in the locker room. And I had a, a my, my buddy Adam Sell from uh, GayForSoccer.com and I were talking about the uh, about this in the um, the parking lot because he's the one who told me about it at first and uh, before the game. And we were, we were having a good chat about it. said, so, you know. It's, and he said to me, it's like it's one thing if it's in the locker room and it's between two guys that are they're going back and forth and whatever, they're having fun with each other. But to take it to a whole other level now, I mean, to take it to, onto Twitter is, is dumb. It's just stupid. But to take it to a whole other level and to bring into somebody who's an, a little kid practically, right? I mean, and out in public, on national television – Whatever, dumb, so dumb, and uh, ignorant, inconsiderate, whatever. And uh, his point was, you know, this kids, you know, that that age where kids go off and commit suicide for, yeah, uh, because they're they're confused about themselves and, and their sexuality and all that well, other stuff. And so. even even lower than that, because you're the kid that got called. A, a homosexual slur on TV. Yeah, you know if it comes. Up. Yeah, now he's gonna go to high school on, on Monday, and and the kids are gonna be like, "Hey, what happened?" Yeah, it's just a it's just a douchey move all around by Clark, and I don't think him apologizing on Twitter after midnight was really helpful. Saying uh, that it was heat of the moment in the seventh minute of the game. Yeah, that was. I mean. Uh, I'm not trying, you know, if you're a goal down and you're in injury time, then that would be the heat of the moment. It's not when you're seven minutes in and it's still nil-nil. You know, I don't quite understand why he's screaming for the ball that ridiculously anyway. And, yeah, know? and it's not like that's a tactic that the, the team is going to tell their ball boys. When the other team comes over, just kind of roll it out there, don't, you know? Yeah, You'd be surprised, but yeah. Him. You'd be surprised when they tell the ball boys, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just bad news all around, and uh, you got to give, you got to hope that he that uh, they take some action against. They him. have to take action. They, they need to make an example of him. I mean, and if the a, team doesn't. Do it, they should. Yeah, 
I think they both should. They should no, the team should say we're making a stand against this kind of. But the team should come right out and do it right now. Yeah. Absolutely right now, and it should have been done Saturday night. It should have been done yesterday morning. It, yep. this sh- it shouldn't be an issue at this point any longer. The and league should have come out this morning and taken care of it. But my I mean, what is, this league saying they're looking into it, they're researching what happened. It's you have it on YouTube. It just hit me. It's wide. on national it TV. Wide, buddy. It's on. Yeah, it's, it's on Roku. Science, you know? MLS Live. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's no debating what happened and what an asshat of a move it was. I mean, uh, you know what? The guy's just trash, as far as I'm concerned. It's my opinion. My opinion. The guy doesn't. He, you know, kick him out. Get rid of him. He's going to have there, to do a lot to, to repair the damage. I, I saw that he was speaking to um, Chris, the gay for soccer guy, about doing some work with him, which would be a step in the right direction. But whether or not it would completely rehabilitate him, I don't know because there's a stage at which you know you've said something and, and you can't really excuse it. You know, I mean, he's tried to make light of it or he's tried to say it was he at the moment, but that doesn't really fly with with me. I'm pretty sure it doesn't fly with you, Mark, or you, Hank, either. So, well, well no. I mean, as we were talking about in one of our previous <laughs> incarnations today, as, as Hank mentioned just a moment ago, this was a freaking ball boy, people, a kid somewhere between the age of 8 and 15, who is there to be part of the game, part of the MLS experience. Yeah, they're trying to bring people in. His his parents probably paid a fortune for him to be down there. He verbally assaulted a kid. Just stop and think about that. He verbally assaulted a kid, no matter how brief it was. A kid he doesn't know. A kid he had a, a momentary at best interaction with on national TV, let alone the gay slur. That's off to the side. The fact that he yelled at a kid like that is yeah, completely, just, totally uncalled for and out of bounds. Way out of bounds. Agree. Yeah, I too agree. wrong. Take, take, too wrong. I think yeah, we're all in agreement that. the slur out of it. Yelling at it was enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still something you shouldn't be doing. To, you know, you're trying to set an example to kids, or you should be trying to set an example, and just shouting at kids for no reason other than maybe you think they didn't get the ball back quite as fast enough as you'd hoped in the seventh minute. You know what? I will, I will put it out there right now. Any Houston fan that tries to defend him, you're a jag-off, and you can come at me for that. That is my opinion. You can't defend that in any way, shape, or form. Houston no, fans. I agree with you. You cannot defend that. I think did we mention that the YouTube video got removed? No, we didn't. Well, um, no, MLS MLS made a copyright uh, claim uh, to remove the uh, the video from YouTube, which is suspicious because they usually don't really care. You know, you see, um, you know, they want publicity, goals. but when you don't get the when it's not good publicity, they'll they'll do everything they can. I mean, we know this. The revolution do it all the time. Yeah, it's, and that's okay. But if they'd removed it and said. We need it removed because we've punished Colin Clark already. The deal, you know, it's over. That'd be okay, but to remove it and then, you know, they probably removed it because the Boy Scouts wanted to use it when they're recruiting videos. Who knows? <laughs> oh, and that's why that's I have to mark it. SC underscore being in lights. What was wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing explicit in what I said. Just my opinion. My opinion, not the show's. Oh, mine. Hold on, let me get over there. Those of you that know the show know the drill. Send your comments or complaints to at SC underscore Beaner Lights on the Twitter. Should I just hold up a sign? Mark, you look so much more tan in that picture of you. 
Everyone is compan- content. It's because I've got bad lighting and a light colored wall behind and me. Yes. And blonde and hair. And the hair. Yeah. Oh, the blonde hair. Yeah. Should come up. Yeah. Wait, did Cuba just score a goal? I have no idea. Are they I'm playing? Like, they're playing Canada right now, aren't they? That'd be really funny. All right. Oh, oh wait. Okay, wait. It's Cuba. Cuba. Plantains. 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 Sorry. Nice. Oh. But, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, you Colin Clark. Yeah, we got yes. it. We got it. We got it. What was that, Chris? I was going to say, do you think the reason they held it in Wisconsin, the Cuba game, was so that they wouldn't disappear? The Cuban, you know, we were mentioning this in, I forget, it might have been the seventh one or eighth one of the recordings we tried to do before. Um, but they've had events in Florida, I think, before, and some of the Cuban team defect or disappear with alarming alacrity. But in Wisconsin, I think there's just been one so far, so maybe that was a deliberate move on on whoever's in charge to make sure that if you're going to run away, you have to run away to Wisconsin, and it's bloody freezing. I don't know. You know, I, I think the Cubans, when they come here, they come over with the idea that half the team is going to not come back. I think they have to be honest with themselves about that. Whether it happens or not, who knows, but they've got to be prepared for that. I mean, in, in the – in the, uh, oh, yeah, I lost it. Never mind. Didn't, didn't some of the women de- defect in the CONCACAF in the Olympic yes. qualifying? Yes, like, like almost the whole team. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So hey, I, mean, I, I I did watch the uh, fire game this weekend, and I never heard the chant. Thank God. Nice. Yeah, Which that was. Fire, uh, fire. I actually did hear it quite a bit. Did, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was watching on my phone at work, so who knows? Maybe it, I did hear it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was on, and I had to change the channel a number of times. Because um, of the because of the chant. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was all because of the chant. It, it, and not, you know, Dominic Aduro, who knew that Chicago would be the place where he would have his, you know, those He's going with a header. What's up with that? I can't believe it. I didn't know he had a head. I thought it was just <laughs> all legs, just two well, legs. No, wait, because that, that's going to cue Mark's Easter Island joke, so don't go there. Yeah. I was going to ask how my boy Easter Island did. Because <laughs> when I the few minutes I watched, he didn't get the ball at all. So I was I was just wondering. I do I actually I, I think the world of Niarco. I like him. He's a good kid. I like him. So frustrated. He to just has that. Has do well now. Yes, I, mean, I imagine I'm, I'm it is. Happy for him, but I wish he'd done it here. Glad he didn't do it in Houston. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm trying to find a score for the. I'm going to have to go to for the U.S. Uh, for the Cuba game. I want to know who they're playing, but because uh, there's lots of ramifications here. We haven't talked really about it, but the U.S. men's national team, U23, the Olympic qualifying team, needs a win tonight against El Salvador if they want to uh, progress in the Olympic qualifying. Well, what has happened to this point? I've been working. I haven't had a chance to really stay up to – up to. oh, well, this cat. So oh. what happened, uh, they beat the annihilated Cuba. Right, and they had, right. and then they lost two nil to uh, Canada on Saturday. So it's now a must-win situation for them. Which you know everybody was thinking it was going to be smooth sailing for the uh, the U twenty threes, but not the case, my friends. Not the case. 
So they have to win tonight to. Wait, it says Canada is Canada just won one nothing. All right, so Canada, oh, one to one. It's a tie game. Canada versus Cuba, tie game, one to one, final, final. Wow. Which, which means, um, El Salvador is tied with Canada for four points in the group. Top two go through. So, Canada, if U.S. fail to win, Canada will go through, and the United States won't. What if we tie? If we tie. It's uh, up to goal differential, so we would. So go that five nil, that five nil works for us. We have to tie or win. Yeah, we would go through on goal differential because we already have a higher goal differential than Canada. Okay. So um, Canada only has a two goal differential, and uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, United States U twenty three Cuba has a minus ten goal differential. So you're saying there's a chance. And now, what? And it's on NBC Sports and Universal Sports. Actually, it's on Universal Sports Network, so you can get that free online. Or if you have, uh, so what? Direct TV six twenty five. Is it Mundos or whatever it's called? Mundos. 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 Yeah. I I, sorry to impress you with my incredible Spanish accent just then. Right. Yeah. Mexico is basically already qualified. They've got. uh, They're leading their group handily. Um. Nobody can catch them except for Honduras, and uh, so. But their goal differential is way above. So Mexico U twenty three is already through. Uh, Panama has a chance. Um, Panama. Panama. <laughs> it's my wing up music. Woo. Anyway. Uh, but yeah. somebody else can have my winning ugly music since I've retired from the show. No one else can have your winning ugly music, Hank. It's, it's yours and yours alone. There you go. Been retired. Yeah. Um, Chris, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this because I go have. On, to. I know you want to. I know you want. You to. have a huge pussy. Nah, thank you. This is a small cat. Look, it's very small. <laughs> yeah. That's. The, I've got one like twice as big as that. <laughs> That's what she said. I have a bigger, I have a bigger pussy in a box in your room. Yeah. Oh, and Brian ah. hates us. And it's a different color. He's like, "This is what I get for an all guy show. All guy show. This is what you get." Yeah, but if Sarah here would be making boob jokes. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, what else is going on in the world of footy, guys? That we can talk about is uh, United beat Fulham one nil in a very, very boring game today. Peter Crouch is a football superstar. Dude, that goal was amazing. That is incredible. I can't Where the it. heck did that, that come from, man? Sport, man? I tell you, I didn't guy, think he was strong enough to hit it that hard. I didn't think he was coordinated enough to hit it off the hit it in the air. <laughs> it was great. That guy's I, got I, the I worst did hear case a, of white man's disease ever. I did hear a good stat earlier on. He has scored the same number of international goals as Lionel Messi. Twenty-two. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> If that doesn't prove to you that statistics mean absolutely nothing, then nothing will. Does anybody else remember the Ricky Gervais skit for World Cup 2006 with uh, supposed to be Wayne Rooney and Peter Crouch? It was a midget and uh, uh, someone else. Uh, a tool guy. A tall guy, yeah. Yeah. Made me Steve, laugh. Steve oh. Merchant's great. Oh. Oh. 
There's the old disc, huh? Yeah, the bulging disc is acting up. Sorry. Um, that's what I get for carrying 70-pound lights underneath a piece of truss that's only four feet tall. Ugh. Um, yeah, Peter Crouch, man, that goal was amazing. I, and I didn't see – I haven't – I've been working so much and so dang tired. Uh, what happened with Mancini after the game? Did he just lose it? Did he go off on somebody? Or did he just – what happened? Anybody? I actually no, I, I I was out all day. I just saw the highlights, so you were actually the wrong guy. Okay. This is the kind of cutting edge analysis you get on That's right. people. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working the last six days, so I don't know anything about that. <laughs> what was the question? I'm sorry. Mancini, what happened with him? I'm not even sure it's on the air right now. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I do know that Ranieri was fired yes, today. Finally. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So um Wow, but they, yeah, they lost to Juventus over the weekend, didn't they? But they they've been terrible for a while now. And Alessandro Del Piero is playing well again, apparently. Yep. So, uh, how old is he now? Like seventy? Uh, I think he's gonna be seventy. Right. Next year. Yeah. He's so it must be time for a move to MLS then. Just about. But who but gets only New York or LA? True. Oh God, New York don't need him. And Chicago, and they are, maybe they're going for Rio Ferdinand. Is that right? That's the rumor that keeps resurfacing every couple of months. Rio Ferdinand to Chicago. Yeah, just like Lampard to the Galaxy. Oh. Or Drogba. I heard Drogba to PSG it's last all, week. It's all poo. Well, the one today was uh, Ronaldo to Chelsea for like 100 million euros. Yeah, I saw that. Well, Lampard's like one goal away from scoring 150, right? For uh, Chelsea, or in his career? No idea. Some, I, I, I honestly, yeah, again, cutting edge analysis. I have no idea. Nice guys. Yeah, so he, uh, that's. I mean, that's a big deal considering that you know he. There aren't many people who get to that number. I mean, I would no, guess there's, there's probably about four, maybe so. four or five. I mean, Shearer, Owen, probably Lesford. Owen actually is tied at one forty nine, I think. Oh, he didn't get to one fifty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Henri, obviously. Right. Probably uh, Andy Cole, Andrew Cole. I'm sorry, as we're supposed to call him these days. Um, yeah, I mean he he, he has had a few. He hasn't had him for a while, but for quite a few years he was scoring 20 goals from midfield, which was. Well, I've never really thought he was that great of a player, but you can't argue with his statistics over the past 10, 15 years. So it said that he hit his 150th goal. Did I miss it? What's the chat room say? Uh, it says, I'm the only viewer from John. Nice. Yeah. Our numbers are going goals. up. Yeah. There you go. Sexy. We work on a one to one ratio where we have uh, as many people in the chat room as we do uh, host the show. Oh, cool. Bring them on. Um, <laughs> There's 11 viewers, according to. Uh, and I think Nick. nine of them are bots. There you go. How does Nick know there's 11 viewers? Um, Doesn't it say somewhere? Because he's got his 10 children all watching at the same time. How many chromosomes is that? 47, 48? It's a DNA joke for you. Um, Move on. Let's uh, uh, talk about a couple of teams that announced they're coming over for for friendlies. Valencia's coming over. Uh, They're playing at, at Portland. At Houston, 
Spurs are coming over. They're playing at L.A. and at... Oh, they're playing in New York, New York as well. But they're not yeah. playing their sister team, San Jose, who has a, ske- a scheduling conflict, uh, which they're bookended by two, two league games there. Uh, and then also Chelsea's coming back over. Yeah, they're playing hmm. Milan, aren't they, down in um, somewhere? Oh, um, I don't I, remember. But somewhere very impressive, I'm sure. Corpus Christi? No, probably not. Um, yeah, all I, I know is there's a number of Arsenal supporters groups here in town that plan to be at the game and do nothing but harass the spuds. Nice. I've, already been, I've already been asked by, for tickets by many huh. people. Well, there were 700 Arsenal fans at the uh, New York game yesterday. Because they have whenever they have it. No, since Henri's been here, they had like a. They all get the cheap tickets, and then after the game, Henri comes out and speaks to them and signs stuff for them. So, I think they got three hundred last time and seven hundred this time. So, I mean, that's, that's quite good. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they'll come back next week for the Montreal game, but um, you know, as long as there are people who are getting to the game who otherwise wouldn't, that's got to be okay. Positive. Red Bulls will just have to sell out anyway. Uh, I'm actually going to go to uh, there's a, a tavern here nearby I'm going to go watch the Chelsea Benefica Champions League game with the Dallas area Chelsea supporters group why would you do such a thing because I got invited to go and I thought it would be something interesting to take part in there you go, I like that idea that's, I wanna... that wait, there's a so girl wrong. watching huh? that's so watching. wrong that's not right no, I wanted to. See, I, I wanted to just see what what it's like because whenever I went to the um, uh, the Chelsea Barcelona game two summers ago, three summers ago, the uh, at uh, Cowboy Stadium they had one full section down in the lower bowl was nothing but the the local supporters group, which I thought was pretty you know pretty impressive. Yeah, and to get invited to go, I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. So I'll, I'll uh, tell everybody about it next week. I'm sure uh, all 11 viewers can't wait. Mark obviously is excited to hear about it as well. Sorry. I just I just don't like these summer friendlies with the big teams. I, do, I just think – I understand why they do them, but I just think it detracts from MLS itself and it makes people think, well, why would I go and watch San Jose play Houston when I can see Chelsea on the TV every week? And it's exactly the kind of attitude they should be fighting against rather than encouraging. And then when you go, you get reserves or you get the junior squad. Yeah, I mean, Spurs played Spurs played in New York uh, a couple of years ago. They played with Man City as well, and they brought a pretty strong side. But it's just the MLS teams can never – it's the same, same problem I have with the, uh, the All-Star game. MLS can't win because if Manchester had to show up and beat MLS All-Stars 7-0 – Everyone says, oh, MLS is rubbish. But if they happen to win, everyone says, oh, well, we're saying Manchester United is reserved. No, it doesn't mean anything. So they want to hide into nothing with all of these fixtures. And I, like I say, I know that it makes a nice change to pack 80,000 in the Gillette Stadium if Barcelona show up or whatever it might be. Um, I just think they should be thinking longer term than just a short-term financial game. Uh, Well, let let me add to that. 2009. If the game against AC Milan never takes place, the Galaxy win MLS Cup 2009 and 2010 with Aleko Eskandarian and Edson Buttle playing together and Aleko still playing. I have no love for these international friendlies midseason. 
There's no reason it should be happening. It's merely a cash grab. If the if the teams want to come over, they need to organize their own tournaments, their own venues, whatever it is. It's 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 a losing situation for MLS teams. Well, I know that we had AC Milan, uh, not AC Milan, excuse me, Inter Milan here in Frisco, at FC Dallas Park uh, on a Thursday night and had eighteen thousand people. It wasn't a total sell at nineteen thousand people, um, and they brought and they just won Champions League and they they started. Out of their starting 11, eight started the Champion League, Champions League final. And FC Dallas uh, ended up tying them 2-2. I think that's, I think that's the to... rarity because, you know, I, we went to watch uh, Barcelona Club America in Cowboy Stadium last summer, and it was mind-numbingly boring because they don't care. They show up and... Everybody, it's a it's yeah, a cash. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's preseason for them. I mean, often they come in June, July, and it's their first couple of games. It's not even as though it's the intense preseason you get a week no, they, before the season starts. They've been in camp for four days before getting on a plane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know. I, I think from the other side, it kind of detracts away from the game in in the countries in which they usually play. You know, years ago, Manchester United would maybe throw a friendly to Bury or Rotherham or whatever in England. Of course, now they don't want to bother because they can go to Asia or they can come here and make fortunes and they can expand the brand, which makes me want to right. vomit. But I guess that's the way football has become. Hey, um, speaking of uh, um, expanding the brand, Real... Is this where I get naked? No. Uh, expanding. Right. Real Madrid <laughs> is building a uh, hotel slash theme park in the United Emirates. I'm guessing the diving pool would be fantastic. You're welcome, Chris. Yeah. You tee them yeah. up and I'll finish them off for you. How's that? Yeah. Wait, instead of a golf clap? Golf clap. You just yeah. give me the clap, haven't you? The yeah. clap. Nice. The slow clap. Um, the old varsity blues. Um, uh, I, I, anybody find this completely and totally ridiculous? Everybody, I think, except Manchester, uh, except Real Madrid fans. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's a cash grab. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's be blunt. You know, UAE's foot footing the bill for it. They're paying Madrid to use their name, use use this use their badge, and Madrid's making a boatload of money off of it. Yeah, and they're going to turn around and use that as football-related income to buy more players. That's all it is. It's a cash grab. Yeah, they'll, they'll wheel a few players out when they open it and they'll stay for a couple of nights, but then they'll disappear again and never be seen again. And it, it's, um, think about Real Madrid, it would be nice if some of the money they make out of this, they actually used to pay back some of the debts they've had over the past 10 or 15 years. And Barcelona too, because both of them owe, you know, hundreds of millions of euros to nationalized banks, like the Bank of Santander, I think is one of them. And nobody ever seems to say anything. No one ever says, oh, hang on a minute. How can you afford to pay Arsenal 35 million quid? For Vabagas, when you still haven't, you know, paid anything on this loan you've had for the past ten years. It's um, yeah, I, I don't. Any other business, they would have been foreclosed on years ago, and it's not just those teams. I mean, we see Portsmouth and Rangers and other teams in England, especially who are getting close to that kind of deal now. But they're always going to get saved because people say, "Oh, it's not like a real business." Well, it should be. I mean, I, I, I think as a Talker United fan. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, Exeter went into administration a few years back, and yeah. they paid 
they paid like two, two, penny, two pence on the pound to every creditor. And that included St. John's Ambulance, the people who volunteer to make sure wow. that the fans are okay. Yeah. And then the week after they settled that, they drew Manchester United in the cup. Got two million pounds, managed to get a draw up there, got another million pounds for getting the home tie. And they were, you know, they're in League One now because they got, they cleared their debts, they paid off, you know, 2% of whatever it was, actually about 7%, but it was a very small fraction. Got lucky with the draw and were able to rebuild their squad. And I don't think that's right. I think at some point a club is going to have to go to the wall to say to other teams, this is not how you run a business. You can't keep doing this. And I know MLS has a bit of a bad rap, but most of the teams are pretty well run. I mean, I know we have issues with front offices sometimes, but they're not running as in they've got an office most of the time. You know, they make sure that what they're getting in is equal or more than to what they're paying out. It's not difficult to work out, surely. I don't understand how that's so difficult for chairman to understand. Because it all comes down to we have to win. We have to win. I mean, I, I, you know, look at the Lakers. The Lakers make a ton of money off merchandising and whatnot. And every year it's, oh, we've got to surround Kobe with the best there is. You know, the rapist needs friends, whatever. And it's, you know, uh, uh, when you have to please your fan base, you have to win. You have to win. That's all there is to it. And that's all they're thinking about, winning. They're going to they're gonna go into the negative spending to achieve that goal because on the back end, they're going to make it back. Now, depending on how they structure their finances, where they allocate their funds, and how they shift it around, that depends on whether or not they go bankrupt or not. Now, in the case of Real Madrid, who's just laundering money from, essentially laundering money through a real estate corporation or a construction firm, you know, until FIFA steps in and says, hey, stop it. <laughs> And Madrid ceases to pay them off and say, okay, you can go ahead and do it. Yeah. Right. What's the point? I mean, it, it seems like a giant Ponzi scheme. It's like if I buy a house with a mortgage and then I remortgage on that mortgage saying, it's okay, I'm going to sell the house in years to come. But then I get a third and fourth mortgage over the next 20 years and just hope that no one ever comes to ask for their money back. Because I don't know if if banks are sentimental. They're not supposed to be, but they do seem to be very generous giving money out to football clubs. Yeah, it's kind of insane. But you know, that's you know one of the perks of being MLS is is the salary cap, right? I mean, it's it's got everything locked down, and it's yeah. Keeps I mean, everybody we, in line. We tend to complain about the salary cap being too low and having players earning sixty grand a year or whatever. But it's there for a purpose. It's there to make sure that teams aren't you know being closed down. They don't want to contract again like they did a few years back with the teams in Florida. I know that was a bit different, but you know they they want to make sure that the the league is on a, a level financial footing. And I know Don Garber has some detractors, but he's done that pretty well. I just hope that they start increasing the salary cap over the next five ten years. To I mean, they're never going to be able to pay the money that they can in Europe. It's never going to happen. I mean, there just isn't that kind of money at the moment. Um, but it would be nice if they could give kids coming out of college or you know, coming out of the academy a living wage. I mean, if you're a guy who gets drafted by the Galaxy, you're going to have to crash with five other dudes because right. you can't afford an apartment in anywhere near Los Angeles on 60 grand a year. Well, you know, you have to remember, the, you know, look at a, a league like WPS, right? This is the, the extreme opposite of MLS in terms of success stories. I mean, they have players living with host families for free. Yeah, right? and that and, and maybe get, they get a small stipend from the league to, you know, put them a, in a bed somewhere. But it's uh, 
it's ridiculous when you think about that. I mean, if you get it's it's more cost effective you'd think to buy a house somewhere and and put eleven players in that house. Uh, there are, you know, I'm sure, condos in the greater Foxborough area that uh, you know Kraft probably owns. <laughs> and why yeah. is why isn't his teammates, uh, why isn't the revolution living there rent-free or something like that? I mean, even for a kid coming right out of college, that would be a perk enough for me, I think. Say, oh, yeah, you're going to pick up my tab for the next, you know, my rent for the next week, year, two years? Thanks. I'll play yeah. for you. But, um, but you know, when you, you're paying these guys in England, um, you know, 80000 a week, it's... It's just not going to happen. It, 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 we're never going to get that here. No, but I don't. I don't think you need to have that kind of money. I mean, you have some players like Rogers. I think he's on. A, he was on about 150 grand last year. Yeah, which is pretty much what is. It's pretty much what he would have been getting in League One if he stayed in England. So, if you can allow people to to earn at least what they were getting in in League One Championship in England, use that as an example. The country has a lot to offer for people. You know, I'm I'm obviously not from around here, so I can tell you, you know, the thought of living in America to a lot of people, not just in England, but in other countries as well, has a lot of cachet to it. So you don't have to pay them their absolute fortunes. You just have to make sure they have enough to live and have a, a fairly decent life while they're here, not give them these semi-guaranteed contra- contracts so they can move over and then get cut in June and have to go home again, like Lekic was, you know, potentially dealt right. with. Right. Right. I think that happened to our friend Joe Tate in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny seeing about what happened to Chris Bertrand since he left the Galaxy. You know, I thought he'd stay there forever. I, you know, I, I, it was quite nice seeing a guy who I'd seen play against my team doing so well. But he's trained with Port Vale. They're in administration. He's not getting any money. I don't quite know how he's surviving. I saw him selling a car on Twitter the other day. I'm like, well, that, that's, you know... I know it's the reality of life for millions of people at the moment, but it just seems kind of sad that he's had to do that, considering how well he did for the galaxy for the past yeah, I re- what, six, I seven years. I remember seeing that. If you're looking to lease a car, call, call Chris yeah. Marshall. Yeah, I'm like, really? You know, you're the guy, you just won MLS Cup last year. You won the World Cup less than seven years ago. How are you having this kind of, you know, reverse of the fortunes? I mean, to be fair, he doesn't seem to be complaining about it, but... It's going to well, hurt a little bit, right? Yeah, but, but let's be honest. Also, I talked to Birchall last year at the Jersey release party. His wife and kids could only get a six-month visa. He was here for more than half the season without his family. That, oh, I actually so, didn't know that. So that makes, yeah, okay, yeah, so I I love Birchie. I thought he was great playing here. And I everyone's looking at like he thought he could go cash in in England. No, he wanted to be with his family. Right, he yeah. could, his flight could only get a six-month visa to be here, and it didn't coincide with the majority of the season. And when I talked to him, he was just guttedly homesick, missing his wife and his kids. Right. Were they, he, were they he, staying he, in L.A. with him for a long time before that happened? or before? No, they, I mean, that was in July, and, and he was without his wife and kids still. His right. wife and kids didn't show up till I think, September, maybe. Oh, so he'd been on his own for years then? Is that what you're saying? No, he, he comes over on his work visa, but his right. wife and kids can only get a six-month visa to oh, be here. They can't be here the whole duration of almost, you know, of nine months with him. Right. Um, and it never coincides with the majority of his season because of the way our 
embassy works and the visas work, somehow it's never sorted out that it coincides with the majority of the season for him. So he wasn't trying to cash in. He wasn't trying to, you know, say he deserved to play in England. He was just trying to stay home with his family, trying to catch yeah, on right. somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to suggest that he was hoping to make fortunes in England. I think sometimes the fact that he has been playing with Beckham and Donovan in L.A., clubs at the level that he would be aiming for, you know, lower championship league one might think that he was too expensive. Might assume that he was on fortunes. I mean, all they have to do is go and look at the MLS players union. I know that, but how many chairmen in England are going to do that? Most of them can't even use a computer. But I just, I just thought it was a shame. I mean, I I know I didn't realize his family situation was that acute. Uh, yeah. So you can't blame the guy for going back to England to be with his family. That's no, and you know, I, I think it's sad that he hasn't been able to catch on with the team. I think he's a good enough player that he should be able to catch on with League One or a yeah. championship squad. It shouldn't be an issue for him. Uh, I think it was just a matter of bad timing. Yeah. So, yeah. hey guys, I'm sorry. I've got to back out. I got to go. I got to go pick up the boys. Uh, nice. It's been, it's been great talking to you guys. Uh, Sunday yeah, for sure. Sunday for sure. Yeah, I'll be here Sunday. All right. Should have a point of clarification before you take the. Uh, apparently, Canada is through in the qualifying because the uh, pu- the draw tonight gave them five points, which puts them at the top of the table. So Canada is through in the qualifying. If the U.S. win, they will fate. Uh, they will be top of the uh, of the table. <laughs> They'll be top of the table, and then uh, uh, Canada will have to face Mexico. Okay. Okay. All right. Goodbye, guys. Everybody in the chat room, take care. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. I'm gonna head up as well. So. Uh, yep. I'm perfect gonna time. go ahead and do the plugs. Thank you, gentlemen. I've got nowhere to go, but that's fine. You're more than welcome <laughs> to stay. Here we go. Here we go. Actually, I haven't eaten, so I could probably. All right. Well, I'll do the plugs real fast. You uh. You can follow me at Twitter underscore dumb. You can follow Sarah at Hull Bird. Um, I'm assuming at some point she'll be on the show. Mark at SC underscore Beaner Lights. Hank is at Hisco5. You can also listen to him on the the, uh, the Midnight Ride podcast, which is the themidnightride.us. Uh, at TMR podcast as well. Uh, Chris is at Chris J. Ballard. You can catch him on Around the League with the Ted Ted Meyer. It's uh, at ATLCSRN or CSRNUSA.com. You can follow the show at Top of the Table TV on Twitter, and you can also check out uh, replays and other stuff that we post as we get it on the website at Top of the Table TV. There you go. It was good talking to Sarah again today. I know she was very chatty tonight. Yeah, I did my chalkboard especially for her, and she just blows me off. What else is there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I might have to send her a strongly worded email (laughs) in French. Which she won't, which she won't understand. What? 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 What's banging on about? All right, I'm Brian Bentley in Dallas for uh, for Hank <laughs> Hank Alexander in Boston, and for the human camouflage, Chris Ballard in Connecticut. <laughs> we will see you next week on top of the table. <laughs>